Welcome to Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. This podcast is for people who want to learn how to thrive with a disability. It is also designed to share insights for those who have friends or family with a disability. Brad Gabrielson, our host, was born with cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair for mobility. He is a North Dakota native and believes life is about managing challenges with understanding, mental toughness, and determination. Welcome to another episode of Living with a Disability, No Big Deal podcast. A couple of guests, Greg Mall, and uh, I'll have him introduce our, our guest for today. And uh, how, are you, how are you all doing, Greg? Doing fine, Brad. How are you today? Hi, Howard. Hello, everyone. So who's our guest today, Greg? Well, our guest today is Mr. Howard Roston. And just to give you some quick background on the on the podcast, what we're going to do is selecting the well, a couple episodes ago we did a episode on selecting the proper ramp. Today we're going to go over a little more in depth uh, and get some perspectives on it, so things can be kind of looked at in a more uh, custom or personal way here. Now Howard Rosson is from Smiles. It's Southern Minnesota Independent Living Center in Mankato, Minnesota. And he is in charge of the ramp program for Roller Ramp or with Roller Ramp down in uh, in Mankato and surrounding areas. And he puts up ramps, uh, really of uh, very little charge that they can use temporarily for people coming to hospice situation or other end of life, or could be a surgery, uh, could be anything where you need uh, mobility or access into a home and perhaps even a vehicle or an appointment. And so Howard puts these up, he takes them down. He's been doing it a long time, decade. So he's put up a lot of material. He's put up uh, probably as much footage of anybody out there. And so Howard, welcome to the show today. Well, thank you. I have a question. Um, do you, do you, does um, your organization, Station rent these or do you we rent our ramps out okay uh, yeah we do it a very nominal fee uh we have a modest setup charge and a modest monthly rental fee i've had situations depending on the on the individual or on the family where we have waived those charges we've set ramps up we've been doing temporary ramps now for probably 10 maybe 12 years we initially started this because we were getting so many requests from healthcare providers, uh, county agencies, families. They needed somebody needed a ramp. They did not need a ramp for long term. And um, we, we've been building wood modular wood ramps for many many years. And doing a wood ramp just gets to be very time intensive. This was a way we could go about doing this we could do it faster we could try and be more efficient about it and we could reuse we got better reuse out of the material so uh, we've been using roller ramp like i say for maybe 10 years 12 years the very first ramp we built was in the middle of january out in wide open i was laying in the snowbank uh, <laughs> we've come a long way since then 
I look back at some of those we started, it was quite an adventure. Probably do 20, 30 roller ramps a year. We've had situations for people wow. recovering from surgery, illness, hospice, seniors, they're not sure how long they can stay in their home. Just a wide variety of situations. We've put them up for children, for adults. I've seen a lot of different situations, a lot of different scenarios. Yeah, it just, it's, it's a challenge, but it's a lot of fun. Have you ever come across a situation where people have to leave them up for more than a year or two, or what happens then? We, when we initially started doing the, started the program, we did not have a time limit on our ramp rental. For many, many years, we were fortunate that we were either able to purchase additional material or we had enough material coming in that we did not need to put a time limit on it. Going back to maybe two years ago, we were getting into situations where I had enough material out and I wasn't getting it back in that we had to start putting a 12-month time limit on our ramp rentals. We left it at 12 months because we figured that gives families enough time to kind of figure out what their next move is. In some cases, especially this time of year for us, we're to the point where we can't build wood ramps anymore just because of the weather. So we'll put up a temporary ramp for them. We'll get them through the winter to the following spring. And then if they are still needing a ramp, we can build a wood one for them. That's probably the biggest factor for that. And most people are very understanding when I explain to them, you know, why we have the time limit on it and such, they understand the situation. Um, so it, it hasn't really been an issue. Okay. Could the roller ramp act as a, a permanent solution where they would purchase that? It, or so, it certainly could act as a permanent solution, yes. I mean, and there are people who definitely like the roller ramp for a variety of reasons. They either like how it looks or they like the the tread plates on the ramp sections, it's a very non-skid surface, so they feel very confident, very safe walking on them. If I have people that are interested in purchasing that material, I direct them to Roller Ramp. Oh. You know, said, you know, I'm willing to work with you to make that happen. So it comes down to the consumer, to the family, as to what they would like to do. I kind of agree because I, 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 I use the Roller Ramp as well. I don't have it on my home, but I use it, you know, when I go visit um, my family. And I like it because it doesn't, because if it does rain or something, it goes right through. I mean, you know, it doesn't collect on with like snow and stuff, but it's easy to sweep it off or whatever, you know. And, and so it's a lot easier for me to... You don't have to worry about slipping or anything or sliding down the ramps, you know, when it gets wet. So that's the safety factor that I like. So I agree with you. I feel more confident using a roller ramp myself. So Yeah, and I have one set up that I use to access into my home. It's got handrails on both sides. And and we also use it for walking, you know, because it's one of the entrances. And uh, people do like that. My wife, you know, it's solid and firm, and so she... She feels safe on it. So, yeah, it's good for wheelchairs and for walkers. So, well, Brad, should we start talking about selecting the correct ramp and maybe some insight into what that involves? We could talk about uh, more of the specifics. We could talk about the broad issues. 
and then narrow them down to more specific issues. Maybe mm -hmm. some of the factors involved in selecting a ramp. All right, so we're going to start with basically, why do you need the ramp, really? What is the use? Okay, and then you get into those. Now, Howard, what would you, how would you kind of break those down? Well, uh, I'll just use a couple examples of what with families I'm working with right now. I have one family where it's an older couple. They live in a mobile home. The wife is, I was contacted by Mayo Hospice for the families looking for a ramp for the wife. So I went out to visit with the family to just discuss the situation. As I mentioned, they're in a mobile home. I look at when a mobile home that presents its own set of challenges in that they're typically blocked up a little higher than most homes. We're usually 30 to 36 inches high. In this particular case, we're 40 inches high. And then we also have uh, one of the factors is the slope of the ground. If there's any slope to it, and in this particular case, from the door out to the front of the trailer to the parking area, I have another eight inches of drop. So where I get oh, out to the landing area, I'm 48 inches high. So it presents its own set of challenges. In this particular case, I'm taking that into consideration. How much room do I have to work with? We are a center for independent living. Our mission is to help people with disabilities to be as independent as possible. Uh, we try to follow ADA guidelines for slope and such. Sometimes that becomes very difficult. And this, this is a, a very good case in that. In this particular case, the husband is good physical condition, average weight. The wife is about the same. We discuss, you know, is she going to be walking? Is she going to be using a wheelchair? How often are you going to get out and such? Especially in Minnesota, this time of year, it's starting to get cold out now. We take all those considerations into factor. How much room do we have to work with? There's a lot of things that kind of play into this. And sometimes, especially in hospice situations, families, it's, it's a very challenging time because... There's a lot of unknowns. At times, they don't even know what the questions are, much less what, what to ask. I met with the family a week ago. We talked over the situation, the challenges we have. Uh, on our website, we have a page that has pictures of all the various ramps we've built from time to time, uh, including a number of different roller ramps. And I suggested, you know, why don't you go out there and have a look at these ramps and talk it over with your wife, and I'll get back to you uh, the following week to discuss how to proceed. Called the family yesterday afternoon. I spoke with the husband just to get an update of what the situation was. They were still considering this, but they knew they had to make a decision. Five minutes later, he called me up and said, set her up. So I will be going out there next week to set this ramp up. Another situation, got a lady who's in the hospital recovering from, she's had leg surgery. We're trying to determine, again, what's, what's the best fit for her. And this one's into a single-family dwelling house. Like again, a rambler? Ah, uh, yes. More of a uh, rambler, not too much, like, a, like three no. steps or something? Yes, three steps. Uh, come out the front door. One of the challenges we have with a single family dwelling house is the, you know, where do we want, where do we want to put the ramp? You know, are we coming off the front door, side door? 
Are we coming onto some concrete steps? Are we coming off a deck? Uh, where do we want the ramp to go? Driveway? Are we going to the city sidewalk? Those types of questions. And then again, we run into the situation, how tall are the steps? What's the distance from the steps to the driveway or sidewalk, whatever that might be? So available, uh, available space at available the Available space, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And usually one of the biggest challenges we have is the landing. What's the distance of, from the landing to the threshold of the door? In some situations, you know, that, that is flush. Uh, many situations, you probably have about a three-inch rise from the landing to the door. Sometimes you have one where you have a full seven inches up into the, into the house. So that needs to be taken into consideration depending on what the person is, uh, how the person's getting around. If they're using a wheelchair, if they're using a walker, if they're using a cane. If they're using a cane or something like that, they can make that three-inch rise into the door without a problem. Sure. If they're in a wheelchair, that becomes another issue. Howard, I, I have a question. You said you... you Try to uh, abide by the ADA. ADA guidelines. Yes, we do. Try to abide by that, even in a private home, because because in ADA you only have to go on each for rise, if a foot for rise, you know, for each inch. If you were in a public public building, I mean, I was wondering that that isn't necessarily true in a private home, is it? It isn't, you are correct. We try to stay within those guidelines just because of the safety factor. Okay, all right, I was just trying to make it, you know, trying to make a point sure. there. You know. And so we, yeah, we try to stay within those guidelines primarily for the safety issue. Okay. We want to be sure that when this ramp is set up, it's as safe as possible for everybody concerned. There have been occasions where, yes, I have, I have gone over the 12 to 1 incline. Again, that comes down to the individual situation. You know, how big is the person needing the ramp? This person's in a wheelchair. Is this a large person? Is it a small person? Is the push, are they getting themselves up and down the ramp by themselves? Or are they being pushed by somebody else? If they're going up and down by themselves. Well, anything steeper than 12 to 1 could be a challenge. Oh, yes. You know, but if there's if, someone... If they're in a manual chair. Correct, yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. If they're in a power chair, then we have some room to work. With. Yeah. I have had situations where I've had a very, especially with seniors, I've had a, you know, the husband is a very large person. He needs to use a chair for whatever reason. And his wife is a little 120, 130 pound lady. So you want to be sure that you are, you've taken that into account and that you have a safe setup. Know, where you know you would not want to have something there where it's like maybe eight to one. You know, you want to be sure that each case is unique. And then do you, That's do you usually use the rails for private homes, like rails on, on the side of the roll ramp as well? Do you have a set of rails that goes on ramps too? So, so yes, we always use handrails on our roller ramps. Yes. Okay. Uh, for a variety of reasons, um, for the safety factor, and it also adds strength or rigidity to the whole ramp unit. And I think it adds curb appeal too. Oh, definitely, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. So it adds rigidity as well then. 
Uh, especially, yes, when you, as a whole unit, you'd be surprised how much difference it makes when you put handrails onto it. Yes. Yeah, and then it doesn't give as much in the middle, correct? Right. Mm-hmm. I typically place my supports usually about midway between a ramp section. We keep our ramps in six-foot sections, so when we roll them up, make setup and removal very fast. We can typically put a you know 24-foot ramp up. Uh, in two hours. We did that Tuesday. We put a ramp up. Uh, we had eight foot and three sixes and a platform. So okay. We had that up in, in two in uh, in two hours. Okay. Very efficient time-wise to put up a 24-foot system that's going to accomplish access in and out of that home is really fantastic time uh, as far as setup goes. So setup and, and removal is really not a complex, difficult issue, correct, uh, Howard? No, it's, uh, once you've done it a time or two, and you, it becomes very, it, it's not a hard job at all. We, and, uh, we generally can do this in two hours. So something for like a family that has individuals that uh, can help them set up a ramp like this, the first time it's gonna take them, you know, probably four hours because they're not familiar with you know, right exactly thing like Very that true. so so what other factors go in well first of all i wanted to say that uh, those factors that howard went over is it person walking or in a chair is it a, uh, if it's in a wheelchair what is the size of, is it a large or small person in the chair and a small or large person pushing and these are factors that are going to determine the ramp length so Again, just reiterating what Howard says, they're all different. So um, if you are in a wheelchair uh, and you are independent, then you will need a different length wheelchair than somebody maybe who uh, is walking or some other usage. And so those are factors that are figured out upon evaluation. We'll go into that a little bit later here, but Something uh, that I think you you had on your list here, uh, Howard, was budget. What yes. What do you do to speak to budget on the different options available? Yes. You know, wood can be expensive, especially right now with, the, with everything that's been happening. Price of um, lumber has gotten to be very expensive. Roller ramps offer a good alternative for what you're looking for and re- reusability. Each each case is unique. You know, if you're going to do this yourself or if you're going to hire a contractor out, you know, contractors are not cheap. To build a wood ramp, you know, if you're going to hire a private contractor, you're probably looking six, seven, six or seven thousand dollars to build a 24-foot ramp or 30-foot ramp, you know, if you're going to include some platforms and some... Oh, turtles. yes. Oh, yes. I, I'm sure you're uh, very much not a so yeah, because then you have to put in sometimes you might have to put in some footings too if you don't if you want to make it permanent, you know, make sure it well that's part of that six, eight thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, right. So what I'm saying is yeah, so for seven thousand dollars you can buy quite a few ramps, um roller ramps. Uh, right. So so and one other consideration is you know, if you move Pretty hard to take that wood ramp with you. Yep. With a roller ramp, rolling it up and load it up, and away you go. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things 
that I really like about Roller Ramp is that it offers a lot of versatility for me, a lot of options with minimum number of different inventory items. And it's not that heavy, correct? Correct. Yeah. We keep our ramp sections and sizes that it's maneuverable that, you know, one person can carry. You know, budget-wise, you know, part of that's going to come down to the family situation. You know, what are they trying to accomplish? You know, everybody's unique, so you have to take that into consideration. Yes. And then you have to maintain the wood ramp, too. I mean, so it doesn't rot over time? Yes. With the, with the roll ramp, you don't have to do that. No. With roller ramp, been very happy with that. People ask, "Can I put salt on it? Can I put chemicals on it?" And I said, "You, can, you're welcome to do whatever you choose." With roller ramp, it's actually a very low maintenance item. When it rains, the water's going to run right through. If it snows, it will fall through. Mm-hmm. If you have freezing rain, you know freezing rain's going to stick to anything. Mm-hmm. You know, be it wood, be it metal. Mm-hmm. But with the roller ramp, you get a little bit of sunlight on there. It's going to melt off fairly fast. Mm-hmm. And it's very durable too. I mean, a thousand you can hold a thousand pounds on a thing, and it doesn't uh, budge. So no, that, it does not. So that's kind of amazing. Uh, makes you feel more secure, anyway. So well, let's take a little bit. Of, you said it depends on what the family needs, Howard, and that goes to ramp need specifically what is the ramp need and you you've got some uh, some ideas here about you know long term or, or whatever the situation is right my job here at smiles is uh, one of them anyway is our ramp program coordinator so when i get calls for fam- from families looking for ramps in visiting with them we determine you know, how long what's the situation with the family are you looking for at a ramp for a long-term situation and long term, let's re- let's reverse that. When I say short term, I'm usually talking in terms of weeks or weeks or months, depending on what the situation is. If they're recovering from illness, surgery, hospice, whatever that might be. Long term, usually we're talking in terms of years, where they're going to need it for several years. The person has has had an injury; they're going to be in a chair or using a walker for you know the balance of their life or whatever that might be, you know, so that plays into it. In our situation, like I say, we, we do put a time limit on our ramp rentals just for the fact that, you know, I do have limited resources to some degree, but, you know, so that goes into the, into the equation. If we need it fast and we have ramp material available, we can put a roller ramp up for the family and get them up and running. And then we can determine what has to happen after that. Just to kind of recap that ramp need, whether the rent, the type of ramp that you would that you would need to be selecting, of course, would depend on, like you had said, your long term or short term needs, and that would lend itself to us, you know, more of a look at the whole situation where, you know, a short term temporary ramp, and like you said, if you need a ramp, hospice situation need ASAP, that would be. That would be a, a portable ramp of some kind. Correct, ramp, yes. For sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's kind of go and touch on uh, basically under the how to select the correct ramp for you, kind of selecting the correct length. Now, for example, not every case allows itself for an ADA application where it's a one inch of rise for a foot per of ramp. Essentially, it comes down to 
how you're using it and what you're trying to accomplish. For example, if you're in a wheelchair, Brad, you're in a wheelchair. I'm in a wheelchair. You're in a power wheelchair. So well, my chair goes up a 10 degree incline. Okay. So for example, power wheelchairs or people in manual wheelchairs that can pull themselves up with, that's what I do. I pull myself up with the, with the handrails. Um, for example, if you're in a garage and you've got a certain number of feet to the door, sometimes you're limited. Like Howard said, it all depends on the initial evaluation and what you're trying to accomplish and the details of the, of the need for a use. For example, if you had a child in a power wheelchair, then you could get by with that. But typically, we, we like to recommend one to eight if you cannot get by, which would lengthen that ramp out a little bit more gentle, not quite one to 12, but a more gentle ramp length so what would that be that would be eight degrees i mean i have gone one to eight and i'm okay with that i think that's what i'm going to be doing with with this family uh with the hospice situation one to eight is would be acceptable for me yeah in, wow. in worst case scenario yeah you know obviously you want to you know make it as safe as possible but sometimes situations just dictate Otherwise, you know, lack of room becomes a challenge. Mm -hmm. You use the garage situation. That's a very good example. You've had situations where people have said, well, I have a two-stall garage. Let's put a ramp up there. Mm -hmm. And it's not always as clean cut as you would like it to be. Uh, a lot of that is placement of the door in the garage going into the house in relationship to uh, where the front door, the where the other doors are, how much space you have. No, it, it, it makes a lot of sense, especially with, you know, space is everything. I mean, if you don't have it straight out, you might have to make a corner. And uh, like you said, in the garage, it's kind of hard to do because you have to worry about getting uh, the car out or... Right. Any other obstacle that you run into, I mean... Even with in front of a house, uh, you might have a flower bed in the way or whatever. So you might have to think about what, what, what do I do here? And so I, I understand how you have to really think about when you do the evaluation. You really have to take, you might have to take pictures or something, you know, and really study the whole situation. So. Yeah. With the advent of cell phones now uh, and people being able to take pictures with your cell phone has come in very, very handy for me. Oh, sure. I am currently working with the family in a neighboring town about 30 miles away. This family uh, needs a ramp for the wife. So they have been sent, we've been talking by phone, they've been sent, taking pictures and sending them to me so I can get an idea of what the layout of the house is, where they want the ramp to go. They've gotten some measurements. Uh, it saved my having to make a trip over there. Essentially, it saved my making an extra trip. And I can get all the details worked out ahead of time. So when I get over there, I know what I'm dealing with. And I am prepared for that. It, it's made life very, very nice right now. But 
That brings up an excellent point, Howard, about taking pictures because that that is something you uh, folks out there looking for a ramp. It's very helpful to take pictures of the site, of the steps, uh, provide the measurements of the height and how much space that you have out from that area. Like Howard said, it saved him a trip out there so that he could prepare based on the pictures and the site uh, what type of ramp uh, would be needed. And that's the typical evaluation is to figure out, number one, what are, you what are you trying to accomplish and how are you using the ramp? That will help us to determine, you know, the minimum ramp length for you. Those are some very good points, uh, Howard, about the pictures because it's so critical in, in determining it because if you have those, you're better able better able to prepare as a as a customer exactly or, or as somebody like you then we it, can it, go into specifics of the ramp itself it allows everybody to be on the same page i've had situations where people will tell me well it's three steps into the house it's the ramp will need to go straight out and i get over there and what they tell me and what i discover sometimes are two vastly different uh, scenarios <laughs> So this way, you know, we can be sure that everybody's talking about the same thing. We can learn if there's any obstacles in the way, you know, if there are some trees or some shrubs we need to work around or rocks. Again, you get into some houses or some cities and just the way the houses are built up, sometimes trying to put a ramp in can be very, very challenging. We've even had a couple where it's, it hasn't been possible just because of the layout of the landscape. It's only happened to a small number of times, but again, if we have pictures, we have a, everybody can be on the same page, and that's really important. Well, have you ever, Howard, used uh, Google Earth to Google a site so you could see a picture of the front steps? I have, yes. Yeah, that is so neat. Uh, when I've when I've used it for people that uh, we're here in West Fargo, North Dakota, and if I have somebody in Los Angeles and they just give me give me the address, then I can go down into street level and not all the time but in correct many cases you can say oh okay well what i've been talking with them isn't going to work exactly because we're not quite understanding the same things and you know i heard somebody say uh the other day men are visual that's <laughs> what he is what he sure. said so so you it's need perfect. to have you need to have show me show me what you got type uh, mentality and uh, it it does go a long way. And to be honest, some of the older homes, especially around Jamestown here, um, they have like uh, built up in the front like a like a retaining wall, and it's got a whole bunch of stairs like to get up into the house, like maybe eighteen. And My gosh, it's an older home, you know, in the older part of Jamestown. And I go by there once in a while when we're driving by, and I, I think to myself, now how would a guy put a roll ramp up there? You know, because because you have to go down a hill to get to the driveway. So you would almost have one almost 100 feet long. <laughs> you know, so that's a lot of rub. But uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, you would probably say there's no way. In. God's green earth, could we do that? No, no, we don't. Uh, we don't recommend ramps in those cases. When people come, you know, and they have, uh, you know, if, if they have six steps, yeah, if they have the space, 
But when you start getting up to seven, eight steps, Howard, do you kind of agree that that's can be hard to ramp? It, yes, it can be. Um, a lot of it just comes down to the fact, you know, you're going to need a long ramp. And how have you got that much room for it? I did have a situation one time. We had a long ramp up. I think it was four steps up to the house plus, plus the top of the landing. It was another full step into the house. Plus, uh, when I, by the time I got to the sidewalk, I had another step down. So, I'm, you know, I'm talking like about six steps. Mm-hmm. We did get a ramp put up for the family. The lady who needed the ramp, she wasn't comfortable with it because there was a lot of open space. Even though there was handrails on it. Okay. And such, I mean, it was very safe and such. It, it can be a challenge when you get into this very, very tall steps, very high steps. It's a challenge. There's no doubt about that. Again, it comes down to what's that, you know, what the family's willing to do. You know, what are they comfortable with? Well, covered a lot of information here today. Mm-hmm. We've covered a lot, brought a lot, of, a lot of perspectives from Howard here, Miles. And hopefully we provided a little bit of insight into the situation here, really taking away some main points that really what is the use specifically and who's using it and who's helping, assisting at all. And so that comes down to really the basics and then providing pictures of the site, critical as well as dimensions. And you're kind of on your way to figuring out the correct length for you. So any closing thoughts, uh, Brad or Howard, that you might have on anything regarding uh, that, proce- that process? I think most of the questions were answered for me. Um, unless you have one question, Howard, or um, you could sum it up a little more. Uh, I don't have any questions. I will say I do enjoy this job. It's been a lot of fun. It's, I enjoy the challenge. How long have you been working there? About 10 years, you said? Well, I've been at Smiles for 15 years. I've been actively involved with ramps for probably 12 or 13. It was about a year after I started that we started looking into providing temporary ramps. As a little bit of a side story, our very first ramps were using boat dock sections. (laughs) They worked. They certainly did the job, but they were very cumbersome to use, very time-consuming. And I knew we had, there had to be other, something else out there that worked better than what we <laughs> were using. And yeah. we did a lot of searching, talked to a number of vendors, and we ultimately arrived at Roller Ramp. The rest is history. We have several thousand dollars worth of ramp material, and it is almost always all out. Uh, I will just simply say about six weeks ago, we had a lot of it coming in. And at this point, I think I'm probably going to be out within two weeks again. We have to take on the case-by-case basis. Now that we have a time limit on our ramp rentals, we haven't run into that situation so much now. But we've been fortunate. So rental is really uh, can be a big part of not only your situation, but resellers or dealers, people exactly. who have yes. clients and customers. Roller Ramp makes an excellent product for that. And again, like you indicated, most of it is likely out uh, on site for anything from, you know, well, I guess rentals could be anything from two weeks to like you do several months. So, right. You know, uh, and that comes down to, you know, personal, you know, whatever they, however they choose to go about it. It does offer a lot of options. It keeps, uh, helps keep that material moving in and out. 
Yeah. So yeah, it does provide a good choice, especially if you have dealers that are, if they're looking for other options. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, you provided some insight into maybe tweak that thought. And and thanks for the insight, Howard, today for joining us. Brad, do you want to kind of sign off? We'll get back to the rest of the day. Well, I want to thank you, Howard, for taking some time to be able to speak with us today. So I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you for asking. That would take care of another episode of Living with a Disability, No Big Deal podcast. Thank you all. For, for more information, please contact Roll Ramp at 1-866-883-4722 or the North Dakota local number is 1-701-277-9400. And you can contact me, Brad Gabrielson, at area code 1701-252-8560. Or my email address is bgmarborough at gmail.com. Thank you, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. Sponsored by Rollaramp, this podcast features Brad Gabrielson, who encourages everyone with a disability to live life to the fullest. Rollaramp is a global company based in North Dakota, dedicated to helping people find solutions to accessibility needs. We hope you'll join us again next time on Living with a Disability, No Big Deal.